Hey, everyone, and welcome to Cathode Ray Mission. Uh, I am Will Scoville in Berkeley, California. With me, as always, is Randy Heyer in Oklahoma City. Hey, Randy. Hey, what's up, Will? <laughs> how's, it, how's it going this week? Oh, you know, I'm yeah. living, living that life, living my life. And this week is pretty <clears throat> special because uh, we are reviewing the Netflix original 2020 film, Extraction, with... Which which Hemsworth is in this? Chris uh, Hemsworth. Chris it's Hemsworth. Thor. Uh, Thor, yeah. And that voice you heard is our special guest coming also from Berkeley, California. It is uh, Stephen Koo. Stephen, hey. how are you? I'm great. Um, I just saw Extraction. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all just saw <laughs> Extraction. We did all just see Extraction. Uh, Stephen, uh, I do another show with uh, Nerd Rage, The Great Debates. Check it out. Um, we do podcast plus Zoom shows pretty frequently. Uh, fun game show where we yell at each other. But, uh, yeah, so 2020, Russo Brothers produced slash... Wrote. wrote one of them wrote. One it. of them wrote this. Um, and then it was directed by, I believe, one of the stunt guys from the Marvel movies that they yeah. had done. I just looked it up. It's the guy who used to be Captain America's stunt double and then mm. eventually graduated to being like all Marvel movies like fight choreographer. Okay. Uh, which I do think is like the highlight of this movie, uh, which was all the fighting and action sequences. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, is what this movie was made for. So Yeah. It feels like Netflix was trying to make a John Wick, and I think they sort of succeeded. A little bit, yeah. Um, so we'll see, you know, how, the, how people react to this. I haven't read anything about this movie before or since watching it. Um, so, uh, but Stephen, why don't you kind of go through what the key points of the, of the plot are? So are we allowed to give spo spoilers here? Yeah, let's yeah. Just go ahead and give some spoilers on this one. Okay, so Chris Hemsworth is a, an ex-soldier of some kind who has so much toxic masculinity that he has to dive off a five-story cliff into an ocean to hide that he's crying. <laughs> um, and then he gets a job to go save a drug lord's kid who's been kidnapped by a rival drug lord in, like, Bangladesh, I think? Mumbai, I think. Mumbai, something like that. Um, and he has to extract the kid from, where, from the drug lord's uh, place where he seems to have run and owns the complete city, all the cops, the military, all that. Um, and what he doesn't realize is that the drug lord that hired him doesn't actually have the money and is planning to kill him instead of paying him. So then he has to, then he realizes like halfway through that he got betrayed and that his like extraction team has been like betrayed. Um, but he decides because he's got all that like repressed sadness that he's going to save this kid anyways. At the same time, yeah, there's someone who works for the drug lord who is a mercenary with a heart of gold. He has mm -hmm. like a she's all that moment where he was a nerdy guy, but he takes off the glasses and then he's this hot assassin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I think that that pretty much sums it up and pretty simple plot. But it, this movie is almost two hours long. Yeah. Uh, and it's mostly it's like an hour 45, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Our, our movies yeah. are allowed to be an hour 45, I think. I think that's so. the maximum length that movies are allowed to be. 
Maybe mm-hmm. I, maybe there's like 15 minutes of credits that, because of all the effects that are in this movie. Like half, Fair. like 15, like uh, the credit sequences of movies have expanded uh, since oh, CGI. Man. Speaking of that, I just watched the Simpsons movie again yesterday for oh, some really? reason, and the credits are like 10 minutes long. Oh my oh, god! Man. That's because like, they try, or that's because they try to pull back everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's like. There's like an hour 13 of movie <laughs> in the Simpsons movie. Anyway, that's a digression, but. Uh. It's weird, like, out here, uh, I think it was when I went to go see Up at the Castro Theater. Um, like, half the audience were Pixar people. And so they sat through the entire credit sequence, like, cheering uh, for people. I thought you were about to tie up to extraction somehow. Oh, <laughs> so no. Excited. Well, I don't know. He does, like, rescue a kid from... Oh, yeah, he is a grumpy old guy with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, it's like... Um, I don't know. I don't... Like, John Wick is its thing, and I think it does it as, you know, pretty well. Um, and we're kind of in that era where we're seeing a lot of... You know, big movie comes out, so everyone tries to do a knockoff. Yep. Netflix is trying to algorithmically make something that'll be a big hit. Oh, yeah. And this one is like, okay, what has it got? It's got a Hemsworth in it. It's got big action sequences, uh, but also takes place in a foreign country uh, and has scenes of uh, in another language. So it also appeals to another worldwide market. Um, and they're just kind of like extract as, as much money as possible from this one property. Um, and it's, uh, it's very apparent, you know, knowing what, how, what kind of business that Netflix is trying to do. Uh, and then watching other Netflix releases and saying like, oh yeah, they're just kind of like dropping in, you know, thing from pool A, thing from pool B, and let's see how much money we can make off of this thing. Interesting. So what like action movies also released by Netflix, would you say, kind of led up to this movie happening? I don't know if it's... Uh, well, John Wick is a big one, um, but also, I don't know, you had, like, the Sicario movies. You had two of those. Mm, that's right. Um, this did remind me of Sicario. Sicario, is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but also, like, the Olympus Has Fallen and... Oh, yeah. That kind of stuff. And Well, this movie, to me, it is very, like, mo- has modern trappings and stuff like that. But at the same time, watching it, and I think ultimately I'm going to give this the most positive review of all, all of us. It remind- It seemed like a movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger could have been in in 1987. Oh, yeah. He was considered and- for this movie. Was he really? Yeah, it was him and Bruce Willis, and then they saw it in Hemsworth. Which was- yeah. And actually, uh, it did kind of remind me of um, that fucking movie. Oh, man. It just escaped my mind. I always forget what the title is. The David Ayer movie that he made where he and, like, an elite, an elite group of assassins steal money, but the money goes missing, so they start killing each other. Wait, who, who is in Sabotage. this one? Sabotage. Sabotage. That's okay. what it, it reminded me of. Sab- this movie reminded me of Sabotage, like, a lot. It reminded me kind of of David Ayer, like that whole style, end of watch, all that kind of shit too. But I don't know. To me, I liked, I really liked one for one that Chris Hemsworth had an Australian accent and they mm-hmm. explained that he was Australian instead of 
You know, I mean, they never did that in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies or Van Damme movies. Oh my or god, thing. Yeah, and it's I, just like, and Van Damme movies are always like he's from the Bayou. That was <laughs> in Universal Soldiers. Is like he was raised in like Louisiana. I just Louisville. started watching that one this week too. I kind of while I was working, I just put it on. Part one. Yeah, part one, which I'd never seen I, it before. I still joke around all the time about how hilarious it is to me that Skynet invented a robot with a thick Austrian accent yeah. to try and blend <laughs> in with humans. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is that, like, when I heard that when um, Arnold movies come out in German-speaking countries, they have to dub his voice. He can't do his own because his accent is a oh, hillbilly yeah. accent where he comes from. Whoa. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice. <laughs> that fucking, that kind of kicks ass. I know, yeah. Like, the, the, the accent that we love, and then it's like, ooh, it's kind of cool. It's like, it's just a southern, like a... He sounds like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> like, to, But we love Woody Harrelson. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. Hey, did you see my movie Predator Man? <laughs> did you like it? Like, yeah. Hey man, I'm going to Mars. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd love. We sh we should do some Arnold movie. Arnold's the king. See, yeah, they can never. I mean, this is not fun like that. It's because, like I said, it's got the modern, you know, bullshit about it too. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I, I told my friend that I watched this, and he was like, "Brought to you by the Department of Defense." And I was like, "Well, I can't really like argue with you on that, but I still like this movie." Yeah, yeah. I think like this movie was definitely really solid. The action, if you like, if you like action, it's it, it nails it. It does such a good job with that. Yeah. But like, um, I think if if it has any sort of like failings, I would say it's like even John Wick had some comedic moments. There was some mm -hmm. comedy to it, and I think a good action movie does have a little bit of comedy. That I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger knows how to add a little comedy and a little brevity here and there. You need some tension cuts. Yeah, and Stephen, that's a conversation you and I have had a couple times. Like, what is? Do you think that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a better action movie star or a better, better comedy, a better comedian? Um, because I think his comedies are really fun, and oh, yeah. I think he's good at it, and he's aware enough of himself to really um, open up to it. Um, yeah, and so even if, like the one-liners he has in his like harder action movies. Um, really shows that. Whereas this, it's like, I know that Chris Hemsworth can be a funnier guy because he, he was can. Fat Thor in that, or just in Thor and Ragnarok. Ghostbusters. He was yeah. hilarious. He, in Ghostbusters. So it's like, he can't do that. It's just like the choice of who's making this movie and, and who they want to market that to. And that's what I mean. That's another part of how it's like modern. It's super grim, mm -hmm. you know? But at the same time, I don't want it to be, I saw Bad Boys 3 mm -hmm. and I was like, Man, are all the were all the bad boys movies like this? Where the, those movies are, it's real like they're just shooting people. It's like it's a good old time, and it's <laughs> it, it's kind of disturbing, honestly. In the year twenty twenty, was that is that when oh, yeah. that came out, or was it last year? Bad Boys for Life, but yeah. So I I like that this movie, for instance, David Harbor, who apparently is in every movie. He was in the Green Hornet, right? Wasn't yeah, oh, yeah, he was. Wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> I wonder, and I, yeah, he's in Stranger Things. Is he like yeah. in the Netflix like stable? Do they have like, he must a stable be. of actors? And Probably. Creators? I'm sure Netflix loves him. Like, 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. But um. Anyway, I liked his. I okay. I like the simplicity of this movie because mm-hmm. it's sort of like stupidly complicated, but at the same time, it all boils down to like these are the good guys and these are the bad guys, and watch them fight on this bridge, and it's super cool, you know. Yeah. And they've got a, this kid has to live, but they yeah. want to kill the kid, and it's like that's all it is, honestly. But okay. Anyway, when he when the kid kills uh, David Harbor, he shoots him. He like David Harbor like it's just like really prolonged and he falls back into the chair and they sit there and watch him breathe his last breath and stuff. This movie did not shy away from like pain. Mm-hmm. I like when movies emphasize that like being shot with a gun is extremely painful. You know, yeah. it deals yeah. with the consequences of that in like an, a real way. And I thought this movie actually did a pretty good job of that. I mean, obviously at the end it's like everyone's just getting shot in the face like over and over and over yeah. and, and whatever. But it's like, that's what it is, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, on one hand, they do kind of show the consequence of someone being shot, but also there's like piles of dead cops in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, just I mean, like, you're not going to find any argument from me on that one. Right. Uh, I mean, we don't have to know, get too political here. But. No, but it's just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who, who they decide to side with in, in those cases and, you know, kind of going back to, you know, uh, Hemsworth is a is a contractor. He's he's not doing this for any government. He's, he's like the dude, those dudes in Venezuela. Yeah. That's all I could think about was Silver Corps USA. Mm-hmm. Or I, is it Silver Corp? I've never heard. I've read I read it, know. but I've never heard anyone say it. I, I was going to say, um, I, I definitely agree with your point about, like, um, the story was simple. And I think that's what makes me like it more than John Wick 2. John Wick 2's story, I cannot tell you what the fuck that story was about. John Wick 1, dog's dead. John Wick 2, I don't know, weird contracts and, like, double dare, dog dares and stuff like that. Uh, extraction, you had a job, get the kid out. It's, it's a simple story, and it's great uh, for that. I think one of the things that you pointed out that's also interesting about, like, showing the, like, violence of violence is um, it reminds me of how, like, in pro wrestling, there's certain, like, fighting styles are considered to make you a villain and there's certain fighting styles that are considered to make you a hero just by the way you do that and the very beginning they set up chris hemsworth like when he's like getting the kid out of there he's doing some really gnarly stuff that does not make him look like a hero and i was and i thought that was interesting like the whole pushing the head into the rake oh yeah oh yeah he's just he's a mercenary Mm -hmm. you know i mean and i think that that is his arc of like warming up and not wanting to kill people necessarily Mm-hmm. Um, and wanting to save the kid, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not about just getting the Which money. Is such, I mean, that's a trope that there's like, you know, a uh, hundred plus movies of mm-hmm. uh, a badass changes when a kid shows up and he has yeah. to save the kid, you know. So. Well, I mean, it, they did I, a good, it was a good fun version of it. I don't know. I Yeah, I, I, I liked it. But see, there was a couple moments, though, where he like, OK, so he kills like w- w- the the guys who actually have Ovi, the mm-hmm. kid, and um, he kills all of them including pushing that guy's face down on the rake. Yeah. Uh, and then there is a kid in that group who mm-hmm. shoots a rifle at him, but it's not loaded. Yeah. And I was like, is he going to have to kill that kid like later on in the movie, like in, in uh, RoboCop 2, uh, where he has to kill that kid uh, eventually? Uh, but um, no, he doesn't. But later on in the movie, there's those other group of kids... <laughs> 
and there's a big fight scene. He's like throwing them around and shit. Oh my and, god, that was so funny. And, like, he's shooting like, them, and he do, he doesn't shoot any of the kids. They make it a point that he doesn't shoot any of them, but he does definitely grab one by the legs and hit another one with that. Yes, it, like a chair. Yeah, uh, and he he does like break a kid's leg by throwing him up yeah. a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, I, so he does rough those kids up and like throw smoke yeah. grenades and shit at him. You know, there was a moment in the movie where I thought there was, like, room for growth, like, character growth of um, when he's having, like, that heart-to-heart with the kid that he's saving, and the kid says, like, he hates his father, who's this drug lord, because he thinks about, like, all the orphans his father's created. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be a moment where, like, Chris Hemsworth has to realize, oh, everybody you've killed just made all, like, saving kids doesn't mean anything if you're going to make them all orphans. Yeah. (laughs) But that doesn't happen. It's fine. Yeah. That's not what this movie's here to do. <laughs> I mean, someone else is just going to take over. I mean, at the very end, that guy who has all those yeah. kids, yeah. Uh, he gets off, you know, as yeah. you expect him to do. And then yeah. um, suddenly someone else is just going to pick up all those orphans. And then now you that have part- tons of dead cops and soldiers with, with no dads. So That part could have been done better, I thought. The oh, very yeah. end? Well, at the very end when he gets shot in the bathroom, it was like, yeah. come on, guys. I've seen, we've seen this ending yeah. before. And that movie, Sabotage, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, that has the best of those endings I've oh, seen really? in a long time. Yeah, he oh. goes into the bathroom, and there's like a trough stall full of mm-hmm. ice, and he grabs the dude's head and like puts it down onto the <laughs> ice, oh. and then at point-blank range shoots him in the head. And the and blood? Like, the blood fills the ice in the trough. Uh, yes. Very and it's cool. like fucking amazing. And then he like goes and wastes everybody in the bar and he gets wow. shot and he like sits down and like lights a cigar. And it's like the end of the movie. Wow. And it's wow. like, man, Arnie, why don't you make a Western? You know, it's like the best part of the movie, too. The movie it's itself like, is like stupid. You know, I mean, this movie is stupid, too. Uh, uh, but I do love back to Arnold then uh, in uh, Last Action Hero, where that kid is going to see Hamlet and he imagines Arnold Schwarzenegger in Hamlet. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. I want to see that movie now. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about how, like, I, 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 Extraction had me, like, fan for most of it. And then that last cut, that last shot, I was like, oh, come on. I just. Which like, one? How, he, oh, yeah. No way is he alive. No. If they're implying that he's alive, that made me mad. Yeah, honestly. same. <laughs> yeah. See, I was, I was, yeah, I, like you, Stephen, I was on board and kind of like, oh, they're going to end this like, you know, Rogue One where he's yeah. definitely dead at the end. And if they want to do a sequel, it's a prequel, you know? Yeah. Uh, but no, they left it open so that he could come back. And I'm like, of course, like, yeah, like at the very beginning, because they start off, you know, at the end and that mm-hmm. big showdown. And then they flash back and then they catch up and then they finish it off. And um, I'm like, okay, well, this seems like something they want to franchise. You know, they got a Hemsworth big action movie. So are they going to kill him off or not? And I guess whatever. At that point, after something like that, it like all these action movies do become like a fantasy of and just a completely bent. Like if you watch. It's a complete fantasy, dude. Like uh, First Blood versus uh, Rambo 2. Uh, or, or, or no, uh, sorry. Uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Uh, I hate those titles. <laughs> I thought it was... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, right. it's, it's not First, First Blood Part 2 colon Rambo? No, it's, it's uh, <laughs> First Blood, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, and then Rambo 3. Just call it Second Blood, man. You obviously <laughs> don't care what those what the words mean anymore. Yeah. 
<laughs> the newest one, the final one, is called Last Blood. Yeah, is it, that's not a thing. That's not a saying. <laughs> that's Rambo Five, right? Yeah, it sucked. I didn't see. He should have called it good with Rambo, which is sort of a masterpiece. It's sort of the best. It's exactly like this. I mean, these are all kind of like right-wing fantasy movies mm -hmm. in a way. And, you know, I mean, I acknowledge that. And I also acknowledge maybe that there's a lot of people out there who watch this movie and are like, man, this is fucking badass and stuff. And, like, go, you know, try to start a coup in, like, Venezuela and stuff. Or, like, you know, or whatever. Or just, you know, in real life, I don't condone, like, uh, violence, let alone guns. <laughs> but I don't I don't own a gun, let alone many guns. That necessitate an entire rat, you know, but... Um, I'm super disappointed they killed off Sabu. I felt like he had more of a movie in, left in him than Hemsworth. Tell me about he, it. He was badass. Yeah, so I cool. loved when he busted his machine gun out yeah. of his cloak. When they, oh, and he like pulled like, the thing out and yeah, yeah. it was yeah. just like take your hat off. And he's like do as they say, and then he just like that reminded me of the part in um, Heat where like they're getting away and everything's quiet and then suddenly Val Kilmer notices that there's like dudes there and he just opens fire like yeah. Yeah. no warning just like starts open like that just to me I was just like fuck yes I kind of like I got amped in that, that <laughs> oh, final yeah. part and then there's that part where Chris Hemsworth like puts grenades in the um oh in the in the tanks and the yes. tank that, that it was just like it had a lot of really really badass like action touches that were really just like did yeah. transport me back to being 10, you know, and yeah. watching Commando and shit and just being like, hey, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I felt like, like if they were going to do a sequel, they shouldn't have killed off Sabu and Chris Hemsworth's character. Well, like, I would love to see those guys buddy up in another movie. Or at least Sabu just like <laughs> continuous, like he takes over the franchise. At exactly. But there is I, I, the, the woman is alive. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to see a, a sequel with her. I can't like, her name is. She was yeah. a badass, so. Yeah, Nick, I a, think. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, um, it, it, I think they, like, the very last shot is a blurry, clearly white person. I think they make it blurry because, like, IMDb says that they, like, left it intentionally blurry because it's up to the, to the viewer. I'm like, no, you're fishing for a sequel. And... <laughs> I, th I almost think they're future-proofing it because they don't want like a triple X incident with like Vin Diesel. <laughs> maybe they'll you know? do. Maybe they'll do like they'll do one of two things. They'll do bring in another Hemsworth, mm -hmm. or do like Extraction Two, Curly's Gold, and <laughs> you know I'm his twin brother. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they should just not do it. You know, yeah. no, I feel no. like. From the makers of Extraction, a different yes. action movie. With the oh same God, people yeah. in it. With you know, Chris Hemsworth in it. Yeah, yeah. But he's playing a totally different character. Yeah. In. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, yeah. you know, well, when... Was, oh, go ahead, Stephen. Oh, no, I was, I was going to say, you know, like Lionsgate is trying to create a John Wick cinematic universe. They, um, their strategy is that they're going to buy indie action films and mm -hmm. then say they take place in the same universe so that they eventually can tie them together. What and I felt like this could have been one of those. Yeah. Like, had those characters stayed alive, I would have loved to see them fight or team up with John Wick down the line. That'd be cool. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back with our ratings and recommendations. Ooh. 
I would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon master. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. We are back, Cathode Ray Mission, and we are here with our ratings and recommendations. So, Stephen, since yeah. this was your pick, mm-hmm. what is your rating for Extraction? I'm going to say my rating is based on action movies, not all movies, in which case I'd give this one like a four out of five. Four out of five? Five for action movies. Uh, yeah. And do I tell you like what movies I would recommend for this? Uh, well, let's, let's hold off on that until we all give a rating there. Uh, Randy, right. what, is your, what is your rating of Extraction? I'm also going to give it four stars. I thought it was a pretty solid action. It's one of the I really was like, ah, oh, bummer that couldn't see this in theaters and like all the other shit I see in theaters <laughs> all the time, you know? Yeah. I have some recommendations of movies I have seen in theaters that are kind of like this. Anyway, go cool. on. Cool. Uh, I, I, again, like always, I recommend based on all movies that I watch. So I'm going to give this two and a half stars, which for me is pretty good. Um, I, no, I mean, it's true. I, it's, I do uh, that too, though. Yeah, it's... Uh, I want to be clear about it. I'm doing that, too. <laughs> I'm not, this, this isn't an action scale. It's just like, I liked it. Uh, this is, uh, for me, I really liked it. It's, um, I thought the story was really simple and kind of, you know, it, it did veer off into right-wing territory. And they didn't op- leave it open enough for, you know, a, a, a legitimate sequel in my mind. Mm-hmm. But the action is really, really good. And if you're into that, uh, it totally satisfies. So, worth picking up. We, we didn't mention the, the quote-unquote 11-minute one-shot camera take. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I did want to mention that. Um, I noticed that, and I kind of I watched the first half twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just, like, commenting, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, they're trying to make this look like one shot. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, one shot, but it goes, like, in and out of vehicles, in and out of buildings. And if you're really watching, you can see where they cut, but it's still very cool. Oh, yeah. It was very impressive. Like, even, like, from a cinematic point of view, if you don't care about, like, anything else about cinema, it's worth watching just because it was new and different. Mm -hmm. And it really kept you in that whole scene, too. I mean, it's a long action scene, and they go a lot of places, and, you know, part of it's in a car, part of it's in an an apartment, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, part of it's on the street, but it's all, uh, you know, 
dealt with as like one kind of uh, one timeline with no cuts. Yep. And it, it, very impressive. Very cool. I was just thinking, I don't mean to take us way too off topic, but you know how like everyone's like bullet the best car chase ever, but you watch that movie and it's like so boring and the car chase is like whatever, but it's just like you had to be there kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about Children of Men and that's kind of the first movie I remember with like long shots and in my mind it's like, well, nothing's better than Children of Men, but I wonder in like 20 years if that'll be kind of like somebody saying nothing's better than the car chase and bullet, you know? What I mean? <laughs> this was okay, but it didn't impress me. Like, I mean, I watch Children of Men like mm-hmm. twice a year. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies ever it's like they do that like the entire movie it's almost like just a series of those types of takes and then at the yeah, very end yeah. you're like oh shit yeah um, and did you see Gravity as well and yeah I was just thinking Gravity he kind of talked the Gravity is sort of a whole movie of that yeah you know? yeah I thought that was that was the best 3D experience of I didn't life. see that in 3D I saw it in the theater I didn't see it in 3D um, I, I was emotional honestly it was just good. how how beautiful it was like yeah, I don't know. So, like some people it. said that like Sandra Bullock didn't convince them that she was an astronaut. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's a movie. Yeah, I don't care. It's, who yeah. gives a fuck? What, 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 what was the? Who was the last astronaut you met? Yeah, seriously. And I'm like, George Clooney is also an astronaut. What about him? Like, you expect him to be an astronaut, but not Sandra yeah, Bullock? Yeah, yeah, right. And like any movie with astronauts, it's like, I mean, you know. There's you not see that, even that like fucking Apollo Space 13. Cowboys movie. Like, do you expect yeah, any yeah. of those guys to be astronauts? <laughs> Dude, Space Cowboys is low-key kind of fucking badass. You know, I was at the <laughs> premiere of that movie in what in in, in uh, Hollywood uh, or not Hollywood in uh, Westwood uh, next to the uh, in like '98 or no, 2000. No. Yeah, because I could drive. I remember driving <laughs> so, to the theater to see that movie. Yeah, it was uh, it was 2000. <laughs> I had just graduated high school, and me and my college roommate had gone to LA to do some student program for filmmakers, and we were staying at at UCLA, uh, and so we could walk to Westwood really easily. And they had all these theaters. We saw Gladiator there, but then we we were at two premieres. Space Cowboys and Hollow Man. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, I think it was Eastwood's limo that almost ran into me coming out of an alley. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Space Cowboys has a song by NSYNC called, I believe it's called Space Cowboys, and it plays at various times in the movie. It's kind of mind-blowing. It's it's kind of an amazing movie. I may or may not have seen that once at, like, a Pep Boys waiting room or something. Ultimate dad-grandpa fantasy. Mm-hmm. We need to go to space for some reason, but we <laughs> need the best, and it's four old-ass dudes. It's, like, <laughs> awesome. Cool. Anyway, let's do our recommendations. Recommendations. Uh, Randy, why don't you go first with some recommendations? Well, I already brought it up, but Sabotage... By Dave, the David Ayer movie, I mean, that movie is so much more toxic, I think, even than this movie. But, and David Ayer is just kind of like, love him or hate him, you know? But he does, he's kind of the man for gritty action in the last 20 years, I'd say. Him and a select few, like Anton Fuqua. But um, this movie, to me, it reminded me of this shitty Sean Penn movie I saw and really liked that got horrible reviews called The Gunman. Did anyone <laughs> see I've, that I movie? I don't think I've heard of that one. 
It's Sean Penn's bid in the old man action canon, which began with Liam Neeson's Taken, of mm, course. Sure. Which is another movie I recommend. These are all yeah. these are all extreme, like stupid, like right wing dad fantasy movies, but you know. I, they're really awesome. I love fucking I just love fucking action. I love dumb action. I love <laughs> when it's like, I gotta help my or my son die, you know, in this movie. Uh, I already forgot I was going to call it contraband it's extraction <laughs> he's like it's all about like well my son my son I, I can't do an Aussie accent it's like my son died mate my, and I die have nothing left now but I guess I'm going to help this kid alright <laughs> and it's like I love, I love stupid shit like that you know so I think yeah The Gunman with Sean Penn and Liam Neeson, Taken. I'm just going to throw out Taken, Walk Among the Tombstones, Run All Night, and The Gray are the, the key Neeson the gray. action movies. Yep. So those are my recs. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Steven, what are your recommendations for this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just going off of what I think this thing, movie is like inspired by, if you haven't seen these obvious movies yet, I agree, Taken, absolutely. Uh, John Wick, any of them. This one's got big-time John Wick vibes. And I'd say probably Winter Soldier, like the mm. Captain America movie. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, it's you've got a lot of the same people behind the scenes working together on the, this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'm also gonna add the Commuter, uh, the other mm, post-taken yeah. uh, Liam Neeson action movie. I never saw that one. Actually, <laughs> weird. <laughs> I mean, it's just that, another Taken movie, essentially. The one nonstop is the one on the plane. The Commuter is the, a subway-based one. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, like yeah. a train. Check that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, that wraps it up. Uh, Steven, why don't you give us some stuff that you, like, where can we find you online? What do you got going on? Oh, you can find me online at, on Twitter, uh, at the TheSuperKu, T-H-E-S-U-P-E-R-K-U. I tweet random stuff there. Uh, and you can also find me uh, on the podcast Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, where we get random comedians to come in and debate literally anything and it's always a blast you uh it reminded me last night we had a show and you reminded someone reminded me that we that you argued for soup one time oh well, i can't remember that episode that was i'm anti-soup personally okay. so I, I feel like i will have been on the other side of that argument i can't i do remember that argument that you were making yeah. Um, but I can't remember the episode, so. Yeah, I mean, our first episodes, which is the better cinematic universe, uh, Marvel versus Fast and Furious, mm -hmm. and we just put them in random contests. Oh, yeah, you you were defending Fast and Furious, and you had seen yeah. Tokyo Drift, right? That's yeah, no, no, no other movies. Yeah. <laughs> just guessed. <laughs> yep, that's the kind of show it is. So you don't have to be right. You don't have to really even know what you're talking about. It's kind of a free-for-all, so. Being, being pro Fast and Furious over Marvel is correct, though, I will say. <laughs> I mean, do a, do a count of how many barbecues you see in the Marvel movies <laughs> versus the Fast and Furious ones. Yeah, I do like do they say family in Iron Man, you know? <laughs> I do like the idea of, like, they do have the scenes kind of at uh, Hawkeye's farmhouse. Oh, and yeah. And just the idea of all these superheroes around, like, holding paper plates full of baked beans and shit. Fucking, <laughs> 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 like, an aluminum bottle of Bud Light. Yep. I, yeah. <laughs> I did eventually watch some of the Fast and Furious movies after everyone gave me enough shit. So I decided to watch just the first one and then just the eighth one, like, right after another to see how that felt. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's amazing because the first one, the stakes are 
Like at one point, one person pulls out a gun and everyone's like, oh no, things just got real. <laughs> eight, like everyone has nine guns. Yeah, and, and eight, the rock catches a torpedo and throws it back at the submarine that shot it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they orchestrate that thing where all the cars like block in that yep. um, limo. Uh, the, and the nuclear and blast. They stop yeah. the nuclear blast with their cars. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, cool. Randy, what else you got going on? Um, my band, Chat Pile. We have a record coming out soon. It was going to be out. This will be out Monday, the what? 25th. 25th. So it should have been out on the 22nd, but it got delayed because everything's delayed right now, you know. But it, uh, all that music is available online, of course, at Spotify and whatever. And uh, Randy Rules is my other project, and that's available on Bandcamp. And that's about all I got, cool. Big Willie style. <laughs> uh, Nerd Rage, as was mentioned earlier, that's another show I got. Uh, we're doing some live shows under quarantine. Uh, and then a podcast every week on Mondays, same day this one comes out. Uh, Sup Doc, if you're into documentaries, we uh, are just wrapping up Munchy May. It's our five-year anniversary slash all-food documentaries for the month of May. Um, and we got some interesting ones there. Laura Gabbard was on last week, I believe. Uh, she directed uh, City of Gold, a movie about Jonathan Gold, the, food, the L.A. Times food critic. Um, so we've reviewed that before, uh, but it was nice to have the director on uh, and talk about that a little bit. Um, so check those out. Uh, we're on Letterboxd. Uh, we're on Instagram. Check the show oh, notes yeah. for all the links there uh, for everyone. Uh, and then until next week, I'll talk to you all later. Ooh.